everyone, and welcome to the Future of Work podcast series. I'm your host, Ellen Wong from Leeds University Business School. Hello, I'm Mark Stewart, Career Consultant at Leeds University. In this episode, me and Mark will be discussing another new theme, the future of skills, one of the most important conversation amongst students in higher education currently. There's so much anxiety around workforce will be replaced by automation, fears of technological driven employments have risen throughout the centuries, usually provoked by disruptions like industrial revolution. But historically, technology creates more jobs than it destroys. Of course, we don't know if it will be different this time, but we do know that automation is only a part of the story. Equally important are other interacting factors like changing demographics, urbanization, globalization, social inequality, political uncertainty, and the climate change, of course, all of which have impacted on the future of skills. So in this episode, we'll discuss some of the concerns to our students and what's the best way to prepare them for the future. So Mark, let me start by asking what are your thoughts on these current trends and how they could impact on the future of skills, please? Okay, so let's go through some of the trends then. So the main one, as you were talking about there, is the use of technology, AI, uh, robotics, etc. Yeah. And I'm just going to refer to a uh, statistic here, just to show I've done some research, Ellen. Okay. I'm, just, I'm not just making this up. So um, the World Economic Forum, which uh, Nicole, our guest speaker, is going to uh, hopefully talk about, she's seconded there. They have predicted that 97 million new jobs will be created globally due to AI and robotics, uh, and that's over the next few years. Wow. Obviously, that will mean that current jobs will change as well, but that's always been the case. And I think this sort of, you know, people worrying about sort of AI and automation and robotics, et cetera, and getting scared by that, it's always been the case historically, hasn't it? So if you think about when the first airplane was invented and people thought, oh my gosh, how are we going to fly and how's it going to stay up and is that going to affect sort of car travel and, and what have you? It's always been the case. So I think, you know, you, there's always anxiety, but, you know, these things will happen. Um, yeah, I think obviously jobs will be affected. They have been affected. So if we look at AI and technology, I think the main sort of roles that are quite monotonous um, will be affected by that. I think, you know, employers are looking at getting rid of some of the more monotonous roles and maybe the more monotonous tasks for some of the, the some of the roles that our students, graduates will go into um, and look um, upskilling. Um, as well, so there'll be, there'll be sort of uh, the CPD, as I've mentioned before, the need for continual professional development. That's going to be a big thing moving forward. We're always going to have to be sort of developing. Um, and I think we talked about that in the last podcast around sort of, you know, companies that don't feel they're ready in terms of their IT. Mm-hmm. But again, the IT is going to change. And once you know one program, that's going to change again and that's going to change again. And I think that's, that's always been the case. Um, so there'll be upskilling and need for CBD. Big data will always be in demand. That's going to be a massive thing. Um, you know, we have that at the minute. Obviously, companies looking at data, marketing, how to target, you know, products. That's always going to be a big thing. You know, I'm a big fan of films, and I look at sort of films and think how much that's going to be a kind of reality. So if, you, if, if anyone's seen Minority Report, for example, it's yes. a cruise film where he walks past some advertising holdings, and those advertising holdings react to the person who walks past and they look at what they bought on their phone and right. what they've purchased recently. And then the advert is targeted to that. I can well imagine that's going to happen and it does already. Because if you look on, you know, your, your emails, if you see the adverts that are on the page where your emails are, they are targeted to what you last searched for. This is happening already. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got to know that. Um, we've got things like ESG, uh, which I think we're going to talk about the environment of social 
governance issues. And I think that's where a lot of companies are looking at their image. They're looking at how the public perceive them. I think there is an importance around sort of sustainability piece. Uh, you know, every company now has a sort of page around the sort of human rights, you know, uh, issues of sustainability. So that's going to be a big sort of thing in terms of in terms of trends. Um, but as well, you know, other things like monitoring. I mean, I was reading an interesting article about monitoring of employers whilst they may be asking their employees to work from home or hybrid, or also using monitoring software to see, you know, how that's affecting their business. Um, is it affecting it in a positive way? Uh, their argument is we need to know this because obviously it's a business and it's, it's a new way of working. Yeah. But of course, unions and employees are thinking this is the start of the sort of big brother movement. Um, so there's, a lots of, there's lots of interesting stuff happening, I would say. Great. So let me just go back to automation. Are you, are you saying that automation is a force for job creation rather than job dis- destruction? Obviously, the report says that 97 more million jobs are going to be created over the next few years, and that's a huge amount of jobs. Um, but do you think there are going to be some technological uh, driven employments also that's going to happen? Yeah, I, t- yeah. I mean, I, I would say that whilst these jobs will be created absolutely and there will be jobs i always say to the students there'll be jobs that don't exist today that will, will exist next week and that's because of technology and ai um yeah other jobs will be affected we've seen this anyway i mean it's it's you know if you look at sort of you know the high street's an obvious one isn't it i mean like, mm-hmm. through covid it was obviously affected badly um but pre-covid it was anyway if you look at some very big sort of you know retailers like someone like a, a Woolworths, for example um, you know, they were they, they closed down. It was it was going to happen. I think you have to adapt. I think all, all the sort of retailers know that. So, you know, you've got e-commerce, you've got the rise of obviously Amazon, um, you know, and they're gonna sort of adapt. But again, if you look, I mean, it's, it's like this weekend, you know, I got a flyer from Morrison's and, and you know, Morrison's are now working with Amazon. Of course, you know, you've got these shops that have to look at how we're gonna work. We can't work, you know, individually now. We're gonna have to work with these big players. We've got to adjust and adapt. So yeah, I mean, some jobs will disappear, but that but jobs disappear anyway. They have they, they always have done, um, and that's just the nature of the beast. And other ones will be created, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's part and parcel again of being university. You know, getting ready for the for the world of work, understanding what's happening out there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's always been the case that that, that will happen. Okay, um, and I guess another trend which was talked about a few years back and it's kind of quieted down a little bit and now I want, I want to bring it back into the conversation is globalisation. Do you think globalisation is linked to and also benefit for job creation um, as well, especially you know going forward with all the trends and stuff? Yeah, this is an interesting one, globalisation. So obviously, you know, we, we live on a a very small planet now, don't we? I mean, it's, you know, we can travel most places. I'm going to say this obviously. With COVID accepting, and we yeah. can travel everywhere, you know, I think a lot of what we buy and what we buy into, even though we don't necessarily know it, is from other countries. So, you know, the sort of streaming services we watch, um, you know, the sort of food we buy comes from other countries. You know, it's, 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 it's always been a sort of, you know, it's always been a sort of a globalised sort of world. Um, what I would say is, yes, it gives you access to a lot of opportunity, a lot of innovation, a lot of innovative products, definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously there's political issues here in terms of, you know, if you're a farmer in the UK and you want to sell your land to sort of a shop in the UK, but you're importing it from New Zealand, is that really a good thing to do? And, you know, you've got the sustainability piece. 
And the other main issue, of course, is around employment and labor. Um, because, of course, you know, you're not necessarily going to pay people in certain countries what you pay in another country. And that is sure. an issue for things like slave labor and sweatshops, etc. I mean, that's, again, a, a big issue. Um, but, I mean, again, with the sustainability piece taking off and I think more companies being aware of this, I hope that will change. Mm-hmm. We should see. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things to consider is that, you know, from our students' perspectives, more from, you know, obtaining intercultural competencies perspective, mm-hmm. right? The more you are aware of these things that you mentioned, the better it is for them to um, secure a job in the globalization trend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I, I, it's, it's interesting because if I look at some of the sort of courses, you know, at Leeds, and I teach on international business um, in the first year, I mean, obviously that's aimed at students who want to work sort of globally or work with bigger companies. I think sometimes there's a, there's a sort of, you consider it in terms of, I work for a global company, but I'll be based in the UK. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it is noticeable that there's, a slight shift maybe in the last couple of years with some of the students where they may pick up sort of another language on top of that and look maybe to sort of, you know, work in another country. I've certainly seen that. Um, again, if the issue with COVID is that that's sort of stopped that, that's prevented that. So mm-hmm. I've certainly had a couple of students that I've known from the first year through the final year who picked up sort of Mandarin, for example, like to work in China. Yeah. It's not easy at the minute. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not easy because somewhere like Shanghai at the moment, I think, is still in lockdown. Um, but it's also not easy because of the visa situation. Um, but I know that there are certain sort of cities in China having visited there that are really open to sort of other other sort of cultures coming in. So yeah, I, you know, I agree. Yeah, it, it does offer you the sort of opportunity to understand other cultures, other languages. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and work on a sort of you know, and then companies will want that as well. If the company is global, they'll want people from other countries coming in because they speak the language, they understand the culture of the country that they want to partner with or work with or, or work, you know, looking to sort of create work with. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, let's uh, look at another trend then, um, which is slightly on the opposite side to globalization, I think, is the climate change and sustainability piece, again, that you mentioned. Um, you know, how, how this might impact on the future of the skills? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I mean, in terms of skills, I think it's more about knowledge, to be honest, than skills. I think, I, I think you know, I, I think the skill, the skill, I mean, we're going to talk to Nicole about this. Sure. But I think, you know, there are some skills that will always be in demand, and I don't want to tread on the couple's toes, so that I won't go into detail about that. But I think in terms of the sustainability piece, I think that's really about awareness and an education. I think, you know, companies are, you know, speaking a good game, that, you know, they're wanting to do well. I, I mean, it's noticeable, I would say, that, you know, this has been the case for a couple of years. And again, it's, it, it's hard to sort of it's hard to sort of gauge where we're at with companies because of COVID. COVID. You know, if we remember at the start of COVID, I remember this really well, you know, at the start of COVID, I think it was like March 2020, you know, there, were, there was lots of sort of reports about how clean the air was. There were a lot of sort of, you know, news items about, you know, the airspace and how clean it was compared to pre-COVID. Companies were looking at it thinking, that's great, you know, we're going to keep it like this, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, you know, once COVID finished, it ends. And companies have to make money. They don't exist if they don't make money. And obviously, they need to make money to recruit. Then you've got to look at, well, you know, what's, what can we drop or what can we sort of ignore slightly to make that sort of money? And I think with some areas, the sustainability police took a back seat. So, um, I mean, it's certainly getting better. I see there's certainly a lot of job creation in this area. 
Um, but I think I think personally that's about knowledge and education rather than necessarily it's relevant than skills. I think people need to be aware of, like I said before, you know, where where is, you know, if I'm buying food, where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm buying a fruit and it's not in season, how can that be that it's on the shelf? Is that a good thing to have that imported? You know, that's 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 helped us sort of people decide whether or not they're gonna buy into that or not. That's interesting. That's a, an interesting observation and analysis, Mark. I, I think you know. What, I'm, I'm just going to sort of follow up on what you said there. In terms of, it's rather a, a, you know, a knowledge than a skill. Um, I have come across um, a couple of you know new trends in terms of organisations, global organisations of created these new roles like chief sustainability officer which has never really existed before um and you know a couple of my contacts have moved into the sustainability field of work and they've recently taken on a new role as a sustainability manager in a big you know high street supermarkets um, organizations and things like that so when you say that this is more knowledge than skills and I just wonder what sort of knowledge or skills that do these jobs look for when you apply for these jobs yeah I suppose it depends on the job um, to be honest I mean you can, you can have something that's quite that's quite sort of I say generic you can have something that's quite generic so what you're what you're doing there is you're looking at the whole organization you're looking at how sustainable that organization is so it can be from supply chain um, you know what that supply chain is made of to the providers in that supply chain adhere to what the company wants in terms of you know employees fair trade you know how they source their products etc to you know the lighting you know the energy that they use etc so you can have something like that then you've got very niche sort of job roles. So I've worked with a student who graduated from here about two or three years ago for the MSC Sustainability Consultants. And he was working air quality NHS. I mean, his job is to look at air quality within the NHS. I mean, that's a very niche role. That's very niche. Um, now, that's about knowledge. I mean, that, you know, he was, he's, he's worked his way up to that. He was doing a lot of volunteering, you know, at university was extracurricular volunteering. He got a job before that. He was working at sort of Bold, uh, the energy company. And you know, but that was where ultimately he wanted to be. But that's by taking additional courses. You know, that's about knowledge. I mean, like I say, the skills that he's using will be skills that you know, the organisational skills. He's got negotiation, relationship building, communication. These are skills that exist anyway in a lot of roles and the roles he would have previously. But in terms of some of the more technical aspects, that's around sort of education. That's around knowledge. Um, so I think you know it, it does depend on the role that, that you have, um, and I certainly know, having spoken to some of the students again, if I look at the consultancy or the, or the sustainable cities courses that they've got at Leeds, you know, a lot of the students there may have worked in the sector previously, but what they needed was they needed the additional knowledge from that master's course mm-hmm. to then make sure that they could apply for the roles, the sort of you know the next level up, the next stage up. To, to apply for those roles as well. So they had the sort of softer skills. It was just they needed that education. They needed the sort of the additional learning from, from, the, um, from the master's course. Right, right. So that's really interesting. I mean, you know, what you're saying is the future of work is not really about obtaining new skills, but also is about knowledge building as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd certainly say there will be new skills required. I mean, absolutely, you know, especially on the sort of technical side. And mm-hmm. Definitely, I'm not saying that that is the case. I think, but I think with the sustainable piece and I think with some of the roles I think it is more around knowledge and education I think and especially when if you're going to impact on business and you're going to impact on the public 
I mean, that's what it's all about at the minute. I mean, David Attenborough is knocking out programs every week about this. I mean, all you ever see on the television at the minute is David Attenborough saying, we've got to act now, we've got to act now. What yeah. he's doing there is educating. I mean, it's not about skills. It's just making people aware of what's going on. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, I guess another trend uh, is a little bit more controversial. <laughs> is on the uh, Asian population, or shall I say uh, macroeconomic impacts um, you know, do you think aging population reduces labor force growth? Um, you know, what, what are your views on, the, on this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think always a person in this room. Um, <laughs> there is always a place for people certain age. I mean, you know, um, you know, there is legislation put in place that you cannot discriminate against someone because of their age, quite, sure. quite rightly. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot written about the, the fact that you know, people are working longer, they're going to have to work longer, um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but I think, you know, they, they, people have experienced, you know, they, 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 you know they, they've been ex exposed to the world of work, um, you know, before maybe if we take out university students, we've got a lot of career changes, we have a lot of mature students. Again, I've mentioned one or two of the masters, they are noticeable by having a lot of, uh, or a good mix of sort of career changes in with recent grads as well. And I think that's important. Um, so, you know, I mean, especially the minute where, again, we have employers that are coming to us saying that actually they've got the vacancies, they don't have the applications. Right. Um, and I think even again, pre-COVID, of visiting some of, some of the organisations we work very closely with, you know, they would have someone there who was on a grad scheme or they just recruited from the university who was a mature student. Um, and that's very important to them because the, bo the bottom line is, and I always say this, the bottom line is, a business has to exist. It has to make money. Mm -hmm. You've got, and that, that doesn't matter if it's a corporate or a charity, and a charity, anybody working for a charity will come in and tell you that. A charity does not exist if it doesn't raise funds. It's an incredibly hard time for a charity to raise funds at the minute because, because of COVID. Sure. If they have someone who has experience of raising funds and they are, you know, above 20, the age of 21, they're cutting their nose off despite their face if they're not going to consider that person. So sure. I think, you know, there is a, there is a place for everybody. Um, like I said, if I refer back to the, the World Economic Forum um, stat about 97 million jobs, there will be jobs available. I think it's, you know, it's just having an awareness of, you know, what those jobs are, what they require. As we said before, there will be new skills. I think it's a confidence thing sometimes, um, you know, just understanding what is required in a job and just understanding yourself. I mean, the, the bottom line, I mean, I say again this to the students, most of my work one-to-one -one with any student of any age is getting them to understand what they have, the skills they have, and how to articulate that. It's not that they can't do something, mm -hmm. it's they can do it, they've just got to understand why, uh, you know, how they can do that and how they can articulate the skills and experience they've got to the role that they're applying to. Um, and if we look at sort of the, the aging population, um, <laughs> um, you know, one of the sort of analogies I use, which is, is a good one, is, you know, Lots of lots of sort of sometimes the career change will say, you know, things are changing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this, I'm anxious about it, you know, we've got this new technology coming in, I'm not really. And what I used to say to the, the, the students is, you know, in my lifetime, if I, you know, to listen to music, I've gone from vinyl, cassettes, yeah. to laser disc, to the iron old, Tape. to CD, <laughs> to, you know, streaming, to iPod shuffle. So, you know, and I've had to adjust if I wanted to listen to music. So, how can you not adjust? If you're applying for a job, you will adjust. Sure. You have to. That's the way it works. And, you know, people have adjusted to buy their holidays. They've gone from going to a travel agent to booking online. And that 
because people of all ages, it's just a confidence thing, that's all it is. Sure. And I guess just to add to what, what you've said already, um, it's, it's the ability to articulate cross um skills as well right so how how do you articulate that and I think sometimes our graduates probably tend to slot themselves into a specific position and they forget there are a lot of skills that you can transfer so the it you know it's it's the ability to be able to articulate your transferable skills from a one position to another and like you said you know there are seven, seven 97 million more jobs to be created over the next few years and then there are also jobs that out there that without application that you mentioned so I think sometimes it's down to the fact that not only knowing yourself but knowing what kind of skills are transferable so that you can actually perform rather than just thinking oh maybe these are the jobs that I can only apply for without thinking the wider concept and a bigger picture maybe yeah absolutely I mean absolutely correct yeah I mean this is this is why you know about 70 percent of graduate jobs are open to any Qualification, it isn't necessarily about the qualification, obviously some of them are, but it isn't necessarily about the qualification. What the employer is looking at is someone who, to use their term for a lot of employers, they call well-rounded, they've got things sure. other than the qualification. And I think as well, especially during COVID, talking about pivoting, uh, which is where you may not get plan, you know, your plan A, you may have to move into plan B. But that's what again, that's always been the case. You know, a lot of people do not live a linear life, they have got to their you know position by moving from X to Y to Z. Mm -hmm. Lots of people have done that. There's lots of very successful people who say, you know, I'm now a successful business person. I ended up working in e-commerce, but I started out working in sports coaching or teaching or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not necessarily a straight path. It could be sort of a loop. I don't know what I'm doing. It's good for a podcast. I'm drawing something on the table that no one can now see. But it could be like a loop, a loop if you look at an aircraft. <laughs> That's fine. I can see Mark. I know what you're saying. Yes. Uh <laughs> Okay, so out of all these trends that we talked about, then, um, you know, some a bit more current and immediate, some are pr mm. perhaps, you know, down the line or a few years down the line. Which one do you think is the, is the, is the one that our students really need to be um, not concerned about, but, you know, more thought about? Mm. Um, I, yeah, there's two things probably. I think what well, I think the first trend is not really a current trend, it's been around forever, and that's basically keeping an eye on what's going on out there, just mm -hmm. keeping an eye on the, whatever news channels you look at. And you've got to be careful because obviously, I, I appreciate the social media comes into play here, and you know, a lot of people who comment on social media are not informed to do so, and, sure, and you have to be careful of following things like that. But you know, you do need to know what's happening. There is a lot written about what's happening, some great stuff, as I said. I mean, the WF, and again, I don't want to remember Nicole's toes, but. WF has some great reports, uh, mm -hmm. some of the big four, McKinsey as well, Boston, you know, they do a lot of reporting around sectors um, and, and be looking at that. Um, so I think that that's the first thing, because otherwise you don't know what's happening. So you've got to look at that. And then those reports will start talking to you about trends that are really important. And that, you know, the, the, the main one is obviously the technological side. Um, yeah. You know, lots of employers will say, you know, it, it would be quite good if you did sort of enhance some of your, you know, your sort of um, digital worth if you like whether that is improving on your excel because you'll be using that or a little bit of coding even if you're not going into a role that's coding that can sometimes be beneficial as well um, so i think that that you know that would help um, to be honest okay great um so 
my last question, um, you'd be glad to know, <laughs> is what, what do you think is the best way for our students to prepare for the future and obtaining new skills then? It's, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I think just harking back to what I said there, I mean, again, I, I go on about this pretty much every workshop I do in my teaching, you've got to keep an eye on what's going on out there. You've got to know what is happening. Um, if you know what's happening, then you can address any sort of things you need to develop on uh, Wall Street University. That's that, that would be the first thing. Again, course-wise, we, um, we have LinkedIn Learning. Uh, we pay for LinkedIn Learning, which means that the students at the university can access LinkedIn Learning courses. They can do it for free. So yeah. as well as the course that you're on, um, you can be doing additional courses. Now, some students would think, well, actually, I'm doing a degree. Isn't that enough? And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you should have to do this. I mean, you know, as a career consultant, you know, I, it's not my job to tell anyone, it's to advise. But again, you know, talking to a lot of employers, um, you know, they do like, like something in addition to the course that you're taking. So, you know, if it was a LinkedIn course, or even if you did something outside of LinkedIn and did something in the community. Um, but I do think you've got to keep an eye on things. The things are changing so quickly. I mean, it's massive. I mean, it, I'm not joking. You know, a job will not exist today that exists tomorrow. Uh, you, you've got to keep an eye on this. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sort of, you know, affect what you will look for in future. It's not about freaking out either. It's not about getting anxious. I mean, you, you've only got to look at half an hour, an hour a day, this sort of thing, um, you know, just to get a feel for what's happening. Um, and as I said, you can address any sort of thing, skills you need to develop, knowledge you need to develop through that as well. Also, do turn up for employer events. We're going to have a lot of employer events. There are a lot of employer events. They are both within the university, but also external. So last week was the Leeds Digital Festival. In fact, I engaged with uh, a couple of those events as well. I've got some of the employers that are quite keen to talk because of that. So again, just through networking, mm-hmm. they're going to come in and do some talks. These include people who are doing just some int- really intriguing stuff. I mean, amazing startups, really interesting digital work as well. So, you know, do engage with the employers as well because they're looking for talent, they're looking for people who are interested. And these events are face-to-face now, is it? Um, the digital, Leeds Digital was... Uh, hybrid, so some are online, some are face-to-face. In right. terms of what we're running, um, it's a mix, I think, mate, at the minute, it's still mainly remote, just because we have a lot of employers who want to engage, so we've got, we, we have a spring fair next week, which is the 11th of May, although I'm not sure this will go out before then, um, and we have 102 employers, we just cannot have that face-to-face, right. um, so that will be remote, but we are looking to get back into the face-to-face format, and we do have standalone employers that are doing um, face-to-face work as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Mark. I think that's a, there's a lot of a takeaway point from uh, from this short episode. Um, so from what I gather, you've repeated once, you know, many, many times again, that to keep current affair awareness, I think that's really important. You know, whatever that's happening out there, um, make sure that you are aware of what's going on, but also using trusted sources because there are just loads of information out there. So I think that kind of takes a little bit of analytical and you know, shrewd judgment by our graduates um, themselves, right? To know what sort of source to to trust and what what not. Um, and I guess the other thing is that it's about, you know, you mentioned earlier, the future of skills is not only just about obtaining skills. It is also about knowledge building enhancement itself as well. The combination of two will make you um, ahead of the game, so to speak. Um, and then the last two things that you mentioned is utilizing, I guess, University of Leeds resources. So LinkedIn Learning is something I don't know if everyone is aware of, um, but we encourage students to do over and over again. So use a LinkedIn Learning as a source of learning, um, obtaining additional knowledge, skills, and etc. Um, and then attending events that 
you know, Mark is um, hosting or involved in, um, I think have that connection or networking with employers is always beneficial. Um, do you think I've captured everything that you've uh, you've shared with us? <laughs> I, th- I think so, Ellen. Yeah, I would, I would say that um, I did mention the events. If you, if you look at my career, if you engage with my career, that's where the events are advertised. And that's not just career service. We do have faculty-specific events as well advertised on there. Yeah, so there's a plenty of opportunities and plenty of resources and plenty of information available for, you know, graduates out there. Um, So I think that's great, Mark. I think we've covered some really interesting grounds today, discussing some of the trends and how they're going to impact the future of work, uh, the future of skills, rather. Um, for the next episode, as you mentioned, we're looking forward to inviting an industry expert and practitioner who's done tons of work around talent development and organizational design. Um, she's called Nicole Luke, um, who's also our LUPS alumna, and um, she's very passionate about her work on the future of skills. So please stay tuned for the next episode. As always, if you're interested in finding out more about this episode, um, please subscribe to our podcast series. You're also welcome to get in touch with us by either sending us an email or book online appointments via the Career Centre with Mark. Our contact details are available in the episode description. Lastly, I shall leave you with a quote by Robert Greene. The future belongs to those who learn more skills and combine them in creative ways. Until next time, take care.